0: Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. I want to be clear about something because I didn't think that I was, and it was bothering me. Now, maybe I was, and I have no need to go over it again, but go with me, humor me. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, guys. An absolute pleasure. Always a pleasure to be here. Katz.locals.com. I want to make sure I was clear that Biden went to Saudi Arabia to beg the Saudis to produce more oil, and they turned him down. I don't want it. I, I, I guess I, I just somehow felt that maybe I wasn't clear on that. I'm, I'm, I'm clear on that. White House officials infuriated that Saudi Arabia backed out of a deal to increase oil production through the end of the year. That according to the New York Times. I didn't need the New York Times to tell me that. That's the reason Biden went to Saudi Arabia and Saudi Arabia, we saw just a month or so ago, decided they're going to do 2 million barrels less per day. As is reported, Newsmax doing the reporting here, talking about the New York Times piece, Biden traveled to Saudi Arabia, left thinking that the deal was sealed. Then, of course, you've got uh, the Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman and OPEC Plus cutting its production. U.S. lawmakers, really, Democrats are like, good, one less thing for us to worry about. This will really help with gas prices. It'll help our fortunes in November. And then they got hosed. They got hosed, and then it was Biden's going to reassess the relationship with Saudi Arabia. Okay. I don't mind reassessing our relationship with Saudi Arabia. I don't mind it at all. The Wall Street Journal reporting that uh, Mohammed bin Salman mocked Biden after rejecting the deal. Making fun of his gaffes and questioning his mental mental acuity, that according to insiders from the Saudi government. I have no doubt that that happens, and neither do you. No one doubts this. The idea that America is back, there are adults in the room, we're players on the stage again, no part of this is true. No one has faith in Joe Biden. And what has to be understood here is that weakness begets problems. The weakness of Joe Biden isn't some media construct. It is the view of the man. And he's so weak, he can't make a deal. No one believes he has anything that he could do if a deal is not kept. There is no belief that he will act in a strong way, a decisive way, a forceful way at all. They don't care what they do to him. And they like getting one over on the United States, which is less about uh, Biden and just more about the relationship with America. So... I'm okay with rethinking it, but then again, it should have been in thought after September 11, 2001, and a lot of Saudi royals should have lost their life that day, or the next day, I should say, but hey, just one man with a theory. I wanted to make sure I was clear uh, about that. Let's talk a little bourbon, because I like bourbon. Keep it right here, guys. This This show, this thing we do, it's Tony Katz today. You guys know that in addition to uh, the morning show and the midday show, wherever you're hearing the midday show, whether it's the podcast, uh, Tony Katz today, or whether you're you're listening to it in Atlanta or or Tulsa, St. Louis, uh, Fort Wayne, uh, South Bend, uh, I don't know where where you're getting the show, that in addition to the political and cultural stuff I do, I do a cigar and bourbon show called Eat, Drink, Smoke. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you guys. And sometimes uh, I get to do very, very cool interviews. On that show, and, and last week was the week before I spoke with Elizabeth McCall. She was in town, and I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm coming to see it. Elizabeth McCall is in her early 30s, and she is the assistant master distiller at Woodford Reserve, and she is scheduled to take over for Chris Morris. Uh, whenever he should decide, he's done being the guy who made that brand the juggernaut. I mean... Just the, the, the credit, the the praise heaped on him is is absolutely stunning. Elizabeth McCall is a fascinating story. And we got into a series of conversations for Eat, Drink, Smoke by Cigar and Bourbon Show. I wanted to share some of them with you here because uh, you guys don't often get to, I don't get to often share like the 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 style of interview that I like to do when I can really sit down with somebody for 30, 40 minutes as we did over a, a bourbon and and. Kind of engaged, so we we got into this conversation of uh, of the palate of of what it takes to become a, a master distiller, how how that certification works, uh, to the extent that you need certification, and and really how does one develop their own skill set? How does one develop their own palate? How how is it possible that she's so good at this, and other people who've been doing it for years are nowhere near there? How does that come to be? Because it's just true. She just has a skill set that other people. Uh, don't have. So I sat down with Elizabeth uh, McCall, uh, assistant master distiller at Woodford Reserve to try and understand the palate and how people come to, well, having a good one and how she learned she has a key, keen, valuable palate. You live in a world where not everybody's going to like you because you're going to determine that a certain bottle has certain notes and certain flavors and they're going to say, you, Elizabeth McCall, don't know what the bloody hell you're talking about. Yes,
1: well, I've had that happen already. And it makes me laugh.
0: And I'm not even a pro (laughs) I have that happen. Exactly how often does that happen? Where it's like, are you just the dumbest person alive?
1: Well, so I, I have not, I don't read comments and reviews that often. Oh,
2: you should. They're glorious.
1: Well, I've had people feed them to me, like, oh, this person, and they, like, commented on the jeans I was wearing, or something silly, and I'm like, I don't need this in my life. But, like, we get, like, complaints sent in, and so then I work, like, I'll go to the distillery and go in the quality office, and, like, one of the guys there, Jonathan, he's like, oh, you want to hear the latest complaints that came in? I was like, yes, let me see what this is, and you read them and one of them was like, this, you know, whatever. It was like our last master's collection is the worst thing I've ever tasted. Who would put this in a bottle? I can't believe that Chris Morris and Elizabeth McCall would do this. What are they thinking? They don't know whiskey, blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, wow, this person, like, the amount of energy it took for them to write the Oh, God, yeah. Send it in. Like, all that energy. Couldn't you spend it doing something better with your
0: time? They need to let you know how much they hate you. I get, look, I, 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 as I did, talk radio. <laughs> I get a tremendous amount of, of hate, but you run into so this is a true story from from yesterday uh, i was having a cigar and uh we were we were doing some recording yesterday and and someone came up to us and said uh, you know love the show but honestly when you talk about drinking a bourbon you get like three or four or five notes out of that you're just making that up right i'm like well no i mean we've gotten a little better at it over the years and we're able to pick up little things well yeah sure but really you're just making it up, right? Like it, it was this constant insistence that I was a lying bastard. Yeah. Like that was that yeah. was it. Um when you are finding a note, searching for a note, it, it is is it have you really gotten to the place where you your tongue is that your palate is that prominent, that 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 capable, you can really start picking up that dance? Or even for you, is there a level of search? I still have to search. I it? feel
1: like if I had a visual of my brain it was like it's like a Rolodex and I'm like going through it and I'm like what is that flavor what is it and sometimes I'm like Johnny on the spot like I get it and sometimes I have like a groove going I'm like man I am crushing it today on my taste notes and other days I'm like I'm sucking so bad at this like I why do I have a job I can't I'm like vanilla caramel Baking spice, like all the things you're like, <laughs> you're like wow, you're really. Who knew loose. I also <laughs> I was an assistant <laughs> master distiller? <laughs> you're like, why do I have my job? And it's just you have to like some days you're on, some days you're not. Like, but in
0: addition to the assistant master distiller at Woodford Reserve with with Chris Morris, you are a certified, you're a CSS.
1: Mm-hmm. what is that stand for? Certified Spirits Specialist or Specialist of Spirits.
0: So that has nothing to do with being like like a, a taster. Right, like, like it, in, in the Peggy No. Stevens no, kind of thing. No,
1: I was a master taster, like Peggy, and then I graduated to assistant master distiller. So Okay, know, so that like, was the that progression. Was like the I didn't progression. know the hierarchy. The CSS was an exam that... Um, so Chris Morris actually helped write the curriculum for it, for the um, wine and spirits educators, and so there was no pressure at all None. in passing that test. Sure. And I will say, like, I diagnosed... ADD, which is now ADHD, inattentive type. And um, so I hate taking tests. All that stresses me. Like, I'm th- so, and especially when it's timed. So I passed that test. And I was like, I don't care what I got. All I know is I passed it. Right. That's all you need. And I don't need to, nobody needs to know what, how I passed. That's it. So, and I, and the test was, it just goes in depth on all distilled spirits. And knowing stuff from artwork, like what, what bottle is pictured in this Picasso piece of art and like what does that have to do with spirits which is like how off it's gone to another side of things but um but I passed it so right. I get to put those letters there so I do um always but it had it, that wasn't tasting it was just like the knowledge of how you produce them why they get different designations and all that sort of thing
0: So go back to the to the to the notes some <laughs> days you're crushing it some days you suck that's that's, that's everybody that, that, that's business, that's life. But when did you figure out, wait a second, I can do something that the average bear can't do. I could just, I just understand this.
1: Well, here's the thing, Tony, is I think everybody can taste like me. Like, I don't think I have a different palate until I start tasting with people and they're like, I can't, I don't, I'm not getting all that. Like it, it's, it's one that like, I think that I've been, i when I started in the industry, I was working in the research and development lab with a bunch of other nerds. You started in two thousand nine, do... right? Yes. Good man, you, you did your homework.
0: I I came prepared. You it's, are prepared. It's 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 why they pay me. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's why you're good at this. So, but so I started in two thousand nine in this lab, and I mean, I was a psychology major. I was gonna be have my own like therapy office with you know with a window and a couch and all the things, and it just didn't turn that way and. But in the lab, with all my friends in the lab, and they're still, like, my little tight-knit group that we are, like, we do this for fun, like, at work. Like, we pick apart things. Even if we'd go to lunch, we would be like, oh, my God, this Coke, this Coca-Cola, like, it, it tastes weird. It's off. It's a little too spice forward. Yeah, they need to back off on the carbonation and maybe kick this. Like, those are the conversations that we have. We went out to lunch somewhere, and they had this – Tea, And it was like a hibiscus tea and um, had CBD in it, CBD oil. Yeah. And then some other kind of different flavors. And we were like a ginger or something. And it was like we all picked it apart because they made them each individually. And then we did taste comparison. So I, in my career, I grew up in this environment where that was the norm. So I didn't really think I had anything different other than like going out to dinner with my family. You know, I pick up my... I got a soda with dinner or something. I'm like nosing it. And my brother was like, why are you doing that? I'm like, I don't know. Doesn't everybody smell something before you drink it? No, and like, so it's they like don't. A, you know, and so it's like they this really thing, like, it had to be shown to me that I was doing something different when it was just kind of second nature. To
0: There's me. a whole theory that the reason runners run is because they have to run. Oh, and I hate running. Uh, well, me too. Yeah. I mean, I know it doesn't look it, but I do. <laughs> I, I despise it. it. But it, it's, it's this idea that... The, the there's a reason you do the things that you do, it's because you have to do the thing. Mm-hmm. But you're you're talking about psychology. How does psychology then move to I like to pick these things apart? I want, I want to engage this Sherlock Holmes investigative yeah. kind of spirit. How does that lead to bourbon?
1: So that led that's a great leading, because I never really thought about that. So I started out in quality control, taste testing. And so we get samples, but you didn't and,
0: become a psychologist or, no, or a psychiatrist. No. How did that stop before well, oh, you ended up? Oh, well, that's at, a very at, simple at Woodford's uh, door.
1: That's a very unsexy answer. That is because there was an opportunity at Brown in our parent company, and they're a great company with like great benefits. I mean, all the things my mother told me. you went me, for the money. I went for the money and stability Look at you. because. I was, like, I a single horse mom, and I still own the same horse, and horses are expensive, and I wanted to ride horses, compete, do all the things that I'd always wanted to do but never been able to afford to do, right. and I saw st- stability and fun. Like, I was like, it's beverage, alcohol, and it's a great company with stability, and I could get, like, because... being the middle child, like I'm a people pleaser. My mom was like, you need to get, my parents are both like, you need to get like a good job and have benefits. That's so important. And I was like, okay, well, that's a job with benefits. It was like right there in front of me. So you go
0: in as R&D. And at what moment were you saying, were, were people saying you can do something other people can't do?
1: I think that was later. That was, yeah, I don't I don't really know the exact moment. Um I I really like talking to people. So we would have like bring your kids to work day. And everybody bring your art. kids
0: to the distillery day. Well, that, that, that's forward. <laughs> that is, that is positional forward well, right there.
1: It was down at like corporate headquarters. So it wasn't at the distillery when I was like in the lab. So our lab is at like downtown Louisville corporate headquarters. And so it was down there and we had the bring your kids to work day. And we had to have a, so part of it was like, well, everybody wants their kids to come see the sensory and what do they do? But you can't show them alcohol. Mm-hmm. So I came up with fun things like for quality control, I'd leave, Cheetos puffs sitting out for days and they'd go stale and then I'd have a fresh bag and I'd have them taste and do that but I had to present to these kids and I loved it I was like oh you want me to present and you want me to get up in front of everybody and speak like so I had a natural draw towards doing that and then in my sensory job I started going out like I recognized we had an issue with um, trust between our production facilities and our R&D. Like, they kind of saw us as the big brother. We were going to, like, we we're trying to get them in trouble. We we're trying to kind of just control them from afar when really we were there as a support to them. We didn't. Mm-hmm. So I um I started connecting with all of them, and we, I went out, I was sent to all of our global sub- facilities to become, like, a brand ambassador for R&D and train people and, 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 and let them know, like, we're here to support you. We're here to help. Like, teach them on the methodology, all that. So that was, like, the first time I did anything that was brand ambassador-esque. And then we did a thing where um, we were kind of, I think, highlighting to the rest of the company all the the things that R&D, research and development, has to offer for brands. And um, so we did a lot of presenting, and I was, like, loved describing the taste to people as they'd come through and taste one of the samples right. we had set up. And so it was just a natural thing that I think my management Team or managers understood, like saw it in me. And then, of course, I just said, if there's ever an opportunity to work on the brands, like I would love to do it. So it kind of started working my way in. So you
0: saw an opportunity to do your job better. Uh huh. And you being focused on doing your job better because you were enjoying it led to the opportunity along with a little bit of, hey, I'm right here.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I totally think. I mean, that's totally how it evolved. It was just an evolution of stuff. And it's just, It was fun. Like, I was having fun, and I saw opportunity to improve what we were doing. And um, I was like, holy. Go ahead. Holy. Um, They're going to send me over to France to go train our people down at Chambord on how to do this. And I'm going to go to Stein and, you know, and and do, like, and then go up to Finland. And now I'm going to go to Mexico. Like, I was going all over training people. And I'm like, I you know it's that imposter syndrome like what are they haven't figured out that I'm like just full foolish but I'm not like I know what I'm doing but it's also like how is this possible that I'm doing this
0: I let her curse just once just once and then uh then Elizabeth McCall, she just she just ran she just ran with it I tell you uh the, the full interview will be over there at dot show.com and then we got into tasting uh the uh Oh, the Woodford Reserve, the the batch proof, 118.4 proof, lovely. I still have the bottle. I said, what, what? <laughs> I do the interview. I I get a little bit of the reward. Uh, that's all there is to it. Uh, but an interesting story, and and most importantly, and I try to explain this to people all the time, about your palate, you get better over time, and some people get better faster than others, and that's just right. Natural, the the natural selection, selective lottery. I don't even know how you describe it. Some people have a better palate than other people. Some people are able to pick up other more, different tastes than others. That that's why Gordon Ramsay is the chef that he is. He he just understands the palate in in, in a way that other people don't. La- the way LeBron understands court vision, the way other people don't, the way I do talk radio, the way other people simply can't. See what I did there? Just threw myself right. Yeah. <laughs> it, but it, but it is true. You have natural predilections, natural capabilities, and it just it shows off. Time and time and time again. Elizabeth McCall, Woodford Reserve. I'm a fan of Woodford Reserve. Uh, And uh, the double oaked. Any any chance you have to have the double oaked in in your liquor cabinet, you put the double oaked in your liquor cabinet. We've got more to get to. I'm Tony Katz. It's Matt Ryan to the bench. It's Sam Ellinger. Ellinger. To QB1. Will any of it matter if he's running for his life, Sam is, because an offensive line can't block? The offensive line can't block. How do you get a running game going? What's the point of having Jonathan Taylor in the backfield? And you're going up against the Washington Commanders. I mean, all of a sudden, we're going to regret trading away Carson Wentz, Tony Katz. Good to be with you. JMV joins us right now from 93.5 107.5. Uh, the fan. Let's first talk about uh, Matt Ryan uh, to uh, the bench. There's video of him yesterday. Uh, at uh wherever they were uh training there and he's walking through things with coach reich he's like look for this and look for that Uh, clearly being helpful in all the public words uh he's been a a a true uh sportsman a, a true teammate all the way privately what is this benching like how did the colts teammates uh see it and what do we think it means for the future
2: yeah, Tony. They were all surprised by it, no question. I think they were as surprised by it as as most of the people learned when you and I were on the air together in the afternoon, and, and that story was kind of breaking loose at, at that moment. I think we were all surprised by it. I think everybody, including his teammates, were surprised. Now, the one thing that they weren't surprised about is the true professional in which he has handled this situation because I think you can look around and a lot of dudes certainly would not handle it this way, no matter what profession you're about when, you know, you're brought in to do a job and these are heavy expectations. You go through seven weeks and, you know, it hasn't been good offensively. He's turned the ball over, but there's also a big part of this that is on the shoulders of the offensive line, as you mentioned, as you brought me in, that simply cannot protect for him. And, that is what we're going to watch for on Sunday because makes zero difference to me, whether it's Sam Ellinger or Matt Ryan or Joe Montana or Johnny Unitas. If this group does not pass protect for the quarterback, they have no chance. I will say this. When he's been given the opportunity, Jonathan Taylor has run at a decent clip. We've seen this team even beyond Taylor when he was injured from Philip Lindsay to Deion Jackson run at a decent clip. But it's just the pass protection that has taken this entire group down. It won't let them get down the field. They can't move the football, thus they can't score at a high clip in which you want to or it's necessary in this era of the NFL to win. So it's not even to me so much Sam Ellinger. and What you're going to see, Tony, on Sunday – it is, is this offensive line going to step up and be what we thought it was going to be or is what we have seen this season in a heavy disappointment what we're going to see on Sunday? That's where it all starts with Ellinger in his first start.
0: But it all starts with, can he create more time, right? The whole purpose here is that if the offensive line can only give him 1.8 seconds, but with his feet, he can get himself another second or half a second. That's time to throw the ball. That's time to engage more opportunities for completions. The thing that Matt Ryan, maybe it's an age conversation, whatever it is, it wasn't able to do. Isn't, isn't that the purpose here that, that Sam can create his own
2: opportunities to keep the starting gig? Well, I think that's part of it. That's what they're trying to sell the fan base, right? That's what you're trying to sell the fan base. Because let's be honest, Tony, when you and I heard this on Monday, the first thing you think about is this team's surrendering. This team's surrendering at three, three, and one. They're going to bring in a guy that's never started, Matt Ryan. They got in the offseason as an owner mandate to bring him in and get rid of the other guy. This is them surrendering. But I will tell you this. They do have a deeply rooted belief in what Sam Ellinger can do, just as what you just described – The other aspect of this is, too, if they really truly wanted a tank or they wanted a surrender, you would have continued to play with Matt Ryan in the fashion in which offensively they had played through the first seven weeks of the season. So this is not a tank. This is not a surrender. But what this is, this is a crossing your fingers and hoping that what you said, the escapability, the mobility, the extending of the play can happen with an offensive line that pass protection has been awful with a guy that has much better legs than 37-year-old Matt Ryan. I'm skeptical about the overall package and what you're going to see because I'm sure we'll get into it. Washington up front has four of the better dudes on that defensive line that don't need blitzes to get after the quarterback. That's going to be tough for Ellinger coming up on Sunday, but the hope is this thing can turn into some sort of Disney story, some sort of good story at the very least because this fan base needs it uh, they've been knocked around a little bit with the results we have seen from this team the past couple of years.
0: Talking to JMV from 93.5, 107.5, the fan, 3 to 6 p.m. Let's just go back to Matt Ryan really uh, quick. Uh, he has to have in his head, he came to Indy thinking that this could be a Super Bowl-caliber team, 3-3-1, three, three and one, and all the interceptions, all the sacks. Now he's thinking, well, My career ends on the bench, true or false?
2: Yeah, that's well. I mean, yeah, career's over here. They're going to put him in a glass case here, no doubt. But I would have to say at the age of 37 and what you had seen from him in those first seven weeks – Yeah, he's done. And really, if you move forward right now, Tony, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. He's a former MVP. He is going to go into the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And what you could do is probably stain that a little bit more if you continue to move forward and try to play at a level which is well below what people had seen you at the height of your career. So I honestly, I would say we definitely have seen the last of him here. I would say you have seen the last of him overall in the NFL. But you know it's going to be interesting to see what happens on Sunday Tony you got the NFL trade deadline on Tuesday with what happens on Sunday at Lucas Oil Stadium might that Wait a second. Stop whoa whoa. Now let's let's fight. You're telling me there's
0: a possibility. You can you can actually sit here and say that there is a possibility that by the trade deadline Matt Ryan is wearing a different uniform?
2: (laughs) Honestly, I can't sit here and tell you that, but that
0: it's even a possibility.
2: Uh, I don't think so. No. I mean, is it a possibility? I think everything is a possibility because I think a lot of things, directionally speaking for the Colts, especially at that trade deadline, which normally nothing happens. I can't even remember Tony the last time they made a mid season trade like this at the trade deadline. I I can't say that there's absolutely no chance, but I don't believe there will be. Um, I would be floored if they were, but there are certain other players on this team that are on one-year deals that maybe teams may value. They're making a, a playoff, a division run that they may take a run at. And this is where, Tony, the Colts have to be careful because right now they're lucky. You bring in Sam Ellinger and you have told the fan base that there is no tank, there is no surrendering. You're 3-3-1 three, three and one in a crappy division in an AFC that really only has a couple of really – really good elite teams, you have to be careful in how you're perceived by your Colts public and your fan base. And if you go into that trade deadline and you trade players of value when you're still firmly in it despite your record within the division, you're going to run some folks off, and rightly so.
0: Now let's take a look at this game. Uh, The Washington Commanders, uh, not uh, not necessarily a – uh, what's the word we're looking for? A great team, uh, you know by not. any stretch of the imagination. You know yeah. Uh, you 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 would assume that this is an opportunity for uh, the Colts to have uh the the start of the winning record and be like, okay, where we are in this thing, even though in the division we're wholly screwed, having lost two uh to to the Titans. Uh, what what is this game to you? Is this a matchup in the air? Is this a matchup on the ground? Is this a defensive battle?
2: I'll give you a little Southern Indiana dialogue where I'm from. Uh, Taylor Henneke is the starting quarterback in for Carson Wentz uh, coming up on Sunday. He sucks. Uh, We may see um, Sam Ellinger sucking. We may see a battle of sucky quarterbacks on Sunday. I think probably there is more of a possibility of that than actual good football. But there are some reasons certainly to watch, certainly with Ellinger in mind and if this offense can have any sign of life whatsoever. But on the other side of the football, you got Terry McLaurin who is a graduate of Cathedral High School, went to Ohio State, had a great career, just a, a multi-championship winning career at Cathedral and has really made a name, a mark for himself at the wide receiver position in the NFL and, and probably has gone a little bit quietly around here because he's playing for the commanders and nobody gives a crap around him around here, but he has had a fantastic career. He is a legitimate threat. So on Sunday, I want you to watch the matchup with he and the former defensive MVP, Stephon Gilmore, when they are locked in to one another. That should be fun to watch. And then, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, they have an offensive line with Allen, with Payne, with Montez Sweat that gets after the quarterback without having to blitz, without having to stunt, without having to twist and do all this stuff that the Colts have not performed well at in protection against with other defenses so far. This front four is legit that is going to cause incredible problems for an offensive line that has been awful so far this year. So those are a couple of things you should be watching.
0: So when it's all said and done, are the uh, Colts having a winning record or are we going to be now seeing saying goodbye to an offensive line coach come Monday? <laughs> I,
2: I, I, listen, I said this yesterday, and this is probably unfair. I can't buy in to what the Colts are selling right now until I actually see it because there's just no, there's no evidence – of what they're trying to sell me right now and until I actually see Ellinger perform and go, Oh, well, wow, okay, well he can do it outside of the preseason. Twenty one twenty commanders coming up on Sunday.
0: That's JMV right there, ninety three five one oh seven five the fan. I appreciate you taking the time to be with us. I don't know if he's right in that prediction. Twenty one, twenty. Make all the predictions you want. I certainly just hope the best for them. But it'd be weird. It's got to be really weird for Matt Ryan. You you come to to Indy, and you're like, all right, I've got a shot. I've got a shot at a Super Bowl, and then you're out by week eight, and that's it. I mean, you got to assume that that's it. It's done. It's 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 finished. The career is is over at that stage of the game. But something that got said, I, I I should have brought this up with JMV, this whole, that Frank Reich admitted, you know, we promised you certain things that we weren't able to deliver. That's that offensive line. You promised him that he wouldn't end up on his ass. And how much of that offensive line's woes and issues and problems is the, is the reason for... Uh, f- for that, that poor production, the interceptions, sacks, things, things uh, like like that. You're just giving the man no time, and yes, maybe he's also lost a step, and the combination is just too dreadful. I can't imagine the trade thing, though. No, I just, I, I, sorry, I can't imagine it whatsoever. Just because I just can't see it. But at the NFL is strange, and everything is is possible. I will watch the game, if only just to uh, watch what happens next. That, that I'm willing to do. More to get to. I'm Tony Katz. The insanity from Elon buying Twitter. That is going to go on a good long time. Because people have lost their minds, Twitter they they got rid of the CEO, they got rid of the CFO, they got rid of the person who does the guidelines. You know the person who threw Donald Trump out. They got, uh, they 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 got rid of all of them. Oh my gosh, this is gonna be total anarchy. And you've got Media Matters for America saying this is terrible. We need to go after Twitter uh, sponsors. We have to. Uh, uh, we have we have to put an end to this. We have to put pressure on them to not allow these things to happen. They don't they don't want people. They don't like to have a voice. That's all there there is to it. That's that's exactly it. We see it. We understand it. This is the insanity of it. We, is there going to be a mass uh, you know uh, quit going on? All we know from the employees is that they all demanded not only to keep their jobs, but that you have to do this, you have to do that. They're demanding. They're such lovely people. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Everything. TonyKatz.Locals.com. TonyKatz.Locals.com. I just hope it's it's better. If it is, as Elon Musk has said, he doesn't want a hellscape. He just wants the public square. He wants the free speech. It's worth it to him. Okay. All right, let's just do that. That means ugly things will be said on Twitter. There is some ugly stuff said on Twitter. Now, this story today, and I'm assuming we're going to hear so much more about it by Monday. We'll hopefully have more uh, information because I'm not sure what I would even believe from today. That Nancy Pelosi's husband got attacked in in his home with a hammer. You're like, what wait, what? this is an this is crazy. This is Paul Pelosi, you know, the guy who uh was in that DUI uh, that never ever got looked at. never ever, ever got looked at. You have Paul Pelosi attacked by a male assailant in the Pelosi household. The guy had a hammer and attacked him. Paul Pelosi is expected to make a full recovery. The assailant's in custody. A motive is, is being uh, in, investigated. It didn't stop leftists like Lawrence Tribe from saying, oh, the right wing has been pushing this violence uh, for for years. You have absolutely no idea who this is. Lawrence Tribe, if, if you don't know who, who Lawrence Tribe is, I think you know. Uh, the the name he's over there at Harvard. He was over there uh, with with the with the Clintons, right? That that's that's Lawrence Tribe, a, a an an absolute absolute leftist, and he tweets out. This is nightmarish. I wish Paul Pelosi a full and rapid recovery. The far right has normalized the use of violence even against the families of public officials with whom somebody might disagree. This absolutely must stop. It was Maxine Waters who said if you see any of those Trump officials, you get a crowd, you push back on them, you tell them they're not welcome. We know that happened because we know it was Maxine Waters who said it. We have no idea who attacked Paul Pelosi. At the time he writes that tweet, there's no motive. He doesn't know anything about anyone. He doesn't know anything about anyone. And it's very clear that he doesn't care. It doesn't matter to him. What matters to him is that he's able to own the cons, right? One more attack on the political right. You put that out there. And it gets how many, uh, oh yeah, it's over 3,000 likes. Why are you liking something that isn't true? No one knows anything as of, as of that tweet. And this is this is the horror show. Now, should that be allowed on Twitter? Well, that's a flat out lie. That is misinformation. So how does the new Twitter owned by Elon deal with that? See, I think you should allow people who you don't like. I think you should allow people who you, who you disagree with. That's how I know free speech is still actually free. But a lie, like like that, he has absolutely no knowledge of what happened in this attack. But he's already blaming the political right. Maybe you allow it, and it allows us to just remind ourselves that Lawrence Tribe is a scumbag. I don't know. Maybe that's maybe that's the answer. Maybe we just need a good weekend, some bourbon and and some relaxation and a good cigar. Find everything tonycats.locals.com that's what I will be doing of course. That's what I will be doing. tonycats.locals.com don't forget to check it all out. I appreciate you guys Monday everyone. Take care.